nasty, but it is still glorious in the hearts of the believers because we have the Son of the living God living inside of us. As Ezekiel says, he has given us a new heart and a new spirit. And I, for one, celebrate his goodness and his grace this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that anything is possible because we serve a God who will take the impossible and turn it into the possible every single time here on this beautiful, beautiful, nasty, rainy May the 8th. And so 2023, this is the only May the 8th, 2023 we'll ever have. So today, let's make the most of it for the kingdom of God and to tell everyone we know about the beauty and the goodness of Jesus Christ and his mercy and his grace and his mercy and his beauty and his grace that saves us and his blood that washes us. Um, I'm just excited for the gospel. I'm excited for Jesus this morning. How's everybody doing on this Monday morning? Miss Gretchen, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Amen. Jason? I need to clear my throat too, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot where I was at for a moment. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Hannah, how are you? I'm doing good. Amen. Everybody was everybody was coming in right at the last second, hopping in. It was pop, 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 <laughs> pop. And so, Hannah, did you have to walk this morning? I didn't. Oh, did I, I? I drove uh, a different car this morning. Oh. <laughs> well, we saw your other car up here. We was like, I bet she had to walk in the rain. She was working third shift or something. <laughs> <laughs> Overnight. Yeah. We almost had to. We had a little bit of a struggle I guess the power had went off yesterday in um, Highsville, and so Roger and I was trying to figure out how to get it back on, and Brother Philip Trey went over there and reset the transmitter and made it happen. So it right. uh, prevented us from having to drive all the way out there. But we are apologizing for the inconvenience for those listening to 91.1 out in Highsville. I think it was only off for a little bit, but still, um, when the power flickers or goes off over there, you have to go reset the transmitter. So we almost thought we were working third shift last night. <laughs> It was close. And then if I would have worked third shift, y'all had done first shift by yourself. So <laughs> All right. Jason had to host and do his good hosting. How do you how do you come in and out whenever I'm not here, Jason? How do you do it? I don't say Radio Land. You don't? <laughs> I'm not a fan of Radio Land. Why not? <laughs> it's not a real place. <laughs> well, yeah, they're out there in Radio Land. This is the land of the radio. That's true. Um, well, I, don't, I don't know what I say, to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of... You used to say, uh, well, I'm not uh, Pastor Aaron, yeah. but <laughs> this is Jason Miller. Um, well, I mean, well, that's why I didn't put anything like now for your host or whatever, because um, we did have one like that where, and I'd be like, I remember when I used to host for Brother Ron, and it'd be like, and now for your host, Brother Ron Miller, and I'm like, well, I'm not Brother Ron Miller, <laughs> but I am Aaron this morning, and so... Um, I don't know. We got a lot of good announcements, though. We got Man Up coming May 25th, right around the corner. I can't actually really having a hard time believing that it's already the May 8th. I know it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I'm sitting here thinking, well, it's a little early for Man Up and Coffee of Jesus because it felt like it was just there, and then both of them are still right around the corner again because of how fast everything moves. I, I, it's really old age. I believe it at this point. Time flies with age. And so, um, gosh, and then... Jason, two weeks left of school. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a busy two weeks. Like, are you excited by. that it's like you know for the end of the year? Or are you excited for the yeah. end of the year? Like <laughs> both. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a great time and learn a lot, and and it's you know, it, I I love what I do, 
but I'm always glad to see summer break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs a, a chance to recharge there. Yeah. And we work hard during the summer as well. We, you know, a lot of uh, maintenance and things like that that we do. Not your traditional uh, summer type thing for teachers. We uh, we work during the summer, but uh, it's it's different. It's, it's you still get to recharge. So so that that's that's always good. Well, your brain gets a recharge. Yes. Because yeah. it does get a little fried by the end of the school year. And <laughs> frizzled and your hair starts to stand up a little bit. And um, I'm just waiting for Jason to get a little gray. Like, I'm, I've got gray everywhere. And he's about 20 years older than me. So I don't know. Why don't you have gray and I do? Is I don't it, know. Is I, it because you eat your green foods? Probably so. <laughs> probably so. Uh, I get some, you know, and it gets in my beard uh-huh. if I let it grow out. But um, But my hair hasn't turned yet. In places, you know, at times, but not like you. It's probably because he takes that time to recharge, you know, so he's not right, having that summer. stress <laughs> yeah. to cause the what's, gray. What's recharge feel like? <laughs> Do you let me know that? Let me know how that whenever you get your, uh, whenever you recharge. Let me tell. Tell me how that feels, so I can, uh, I can desire to be like that. <clears throat> and then we've got. Well, we got. Let's see. We got man up, May the twenty fifth. We got coffee with Jesus on the. What's that, Hannah? On the 20th at um, Free Liberty Church. That is um, right there past Taco Bell on the hill. And then we've got the Keepers of the Flame Healing Conference in Owensboro, Kentucky. That's this Friday and Saturday night. Pastor Josh Durkee is leading worship. And let's see here. Guest speaker, Apostle Sam Darla. I hope that's how you say the name. That's going to be over there. In Owensboro, Kentucky, it's going to be 7 o'clock Friday and then noon o'clock. I mean noon o'clock. Oh, my gosh. 12 o'clock on Saturday. I can't believe it. I said noon o'clock. That's a really bad one. I was looking at it like, did I really I bet that, that could catch on. Noon yeah. o'clock? Noon o'clock. <laughs> all right. It wasn't as bad as I thought. That's uh, funny. <laughs> now, here we go. If you all are you all, I mean, if you all have not been listening lately and haven't had the opportunity to hear, we have a new app. And it's not hard to find. You go to your app store, whether it's Google or Apple, and you can type in Tithely Church app. That's Tithely, T-I-T-H-E, period, L-Y, church app. When you download the Tithely Church app, you're going to go to the search bar and just type in box two. Once you push that and push the word change, you don't ever have to go to the Tithely Church app again. It will put the box two emblem icon on your app, and you just go straight to it normally at that point. And so it's a great app again. That's going to that go to Tidely Church app. Download that, then go to the search menu, type in Box Two, and then download that. And there's your app on the new app. It's 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 a lot better. Um, we got a prayer wall. We got the Listen Live link. We've got podcast right there now on the actual app, so you don't have to go to the website or anywhere else. There is a lot of other avenues you can get the podcast, but the easiest way for you to get the podcast is going to be right there on the app and then we got an events link so if you churches uh, ministries benevolent things going on in the community please let us know and we'll get them on our events link there we got a bible we got a prayer wall we can uh, for those who partner with us on a monthly basis or those who just want to help us and give at a random time um, there's a giving link there too and so we just appreciate all you guys who partner with us on a monthly level it helps us tremendously, and we're forever grateful for all of our Kingdom Covenant partners, our cornerstones, our waymakers, our rope holders. Um, and so we're just really 
thankful um, for what you guys do every single month to help us. This is not a share I'm just saying thank you for doing it for us and um, helping us stay on the air, preaching the gospel, reaching the communities, and seeing the glory of God cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, and him using Box 2 Radio to do a small part in that. Amen? Amen. All right. Am I missing any announcements that you all can think of? Of course, Bethel Christian Academy's graduation, if you all want to go ahead and get that on your calendar, is May the 19th. Uh, what time does that start, Jason? 6 p.m. 6 p.m. You're speaking this year? You got a I big am. speech? I'm working on it. Do you have another Dr. Seuss book to give away? No, uh, but I do have something a little special for him that I'm working on. All right. Yeah. Dr. Seuss. You gave that book away last year, right? I did. Which, uh, oh, the places you'll go. Oh, the places you'll go. I could, I'm could. i trying to think of a rhyme for that. It rhymes all the way through, but I uh, <laughs> don't remember any of it. Um, Oh, the places you'll go. And the people you'll owe. Uh, <laughs> that is true. Oh. That is true. <laughs> All right. I thought we preached against debt yesterday. <laughs> That's what we're trying to get them out of the mindset of. Like, you don't want to owe anybody anything. All right. I was out yesterday, so I missed Yeah, that. you missed it. We preached on money. That's the first time I preached on money in a, over a year and a half since being here All as right. a pastor. And so, and it was really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably hear a pin. But drop. then, and then, though, um, it was the most uh, probably talked about sermon after the after the service that I've ever had in my life, because we talked about giving money to corporations that um, are supporting things that we would dis- disagree with on a conviction level. Yeah, and and so, and Miss Katie stood up and said some companies and. <laughs> <laughs> Am I really supposed to boycott? Yeah. Am I really supposed to boycott them? Are you serious? Do I really have to do this? And I'm not doing that company. Like, I mean, goodness gracious, it was, it was something. Really? Uh, yeah, it was. It was intense. How about that? It was good though. It was really good. Now, now the she doesn't qu- strike me as the type of person that would stand up and. Yeah. She let, let her. Let she let her fly. Yeah. Um, and so, but. Well, that's good. And then. Um, and then, I mean, of course, one of the one of the questions I got most afterwards was, "How do we boycott?" Because just about every corporation, on a major level, will give something to some right. place. And I think it's the discernment factor. Like, um, I mean, like you probably can't find a corporation. Well, I mean, there's like a lot of corporations that are very Christian friendly. Like Academy Sports mm-hmm. is very Christian friendly. Um, Hobby Hobby Lobby, of course, all those that they're very friendly to Christianity. Yeah. Um, and then there's some like. If a company is in complete opposition to what we believe in, and especially if they're complete opposition to Christianity, yeah, like because there's some companies that's like said, I'm not going to let a Christian shop here. We don't want Christians here. We don't want to do this. Well, I don't think we support them at all. Uh, no, and then, sir. and so, and I think that we use discernment. I think we're led by the Spirit. That's one of the reasons I actually wasn't going to give a list because I would rather you discern yourself and um, do the research and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Yeah, um, and I think that's <clears throat> it. Definitely provoked me and a few other people to do some research yesterday. Um, yeah. it was it was honestly yeah. kind of interesting doing it. So. Well, you know, the way I look at it is, if if a company or corporation is actively pushing an agenda or a uh, an ideology that's contrary to the scriptures, mm-hmm. then I don't do business with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now a lot of these companies will support causes that I that are ungodly Mm -hmm. but uh if they are donating money to those causes i don't necessarily uh you know you know shun them but Uh, if they are actively pushing that agenda like 
you know, some of the D- Disney co- uh, companies, things like that. You know, I try to avoid them. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I go. I think I look at their whole, um, like stewardship of their money. Mm-hmm. Like if if I have a company and I'm buying shoes from them, and every pair of shoes like ten percent goes towards an agenda. Mm-hmm. To me, that would be more than that's donating, but it's also pushing. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, there's there's going to be some companies that may. Because companies are notorious for trying to get at tax breaks. So they'll give to this 501c3, they'll give to that one, they'll give to that one, they'll give to that one. And so I just try to look at the big picture of where they're at as a whole company. Um, and then, again, at the end of the day, too, still, I don't have a Lipnitz test for where I draw the line, where I don't draw the line. A lot of it I I've really just rest on the Holy Spirit to show me. But I can't keep, for for example, like, um, you know, for Christians and a lot, Disney's one of the worst ones right now, pushing agendas and pushing things. And, um, of course, Starbucks and people really hates that. But Starbucks is pretty active in the game in a lot of areas. And so... Yeah. That's but, the one I did a lot of research <laughs> on last night. And... Um, I found a lot of things out if anyone has any questions. Yeah. And so I just don't want to, like, I don't want to turn it into, Aaron said you can't go here, Aaron said you can't go there. I want it to be the Holy Spirit telling you, not me. And so that's why I was withholding a list of companies, not because I was trying to be politically correct i just want the holy spirit to be our god right. and us do our due diligence and figuring out where for us our conviction rise because at the end of the day my conviction may be different than jason's conviction but i don't i don't abide by jason's conviction and jason don't abide by my conviction we got to abide by the holy spirit who's convicting both of us because there's not a list of things we do or don't do with where we spend our money on company wise in the scripture and so it may be different for both of us and maybe uh, Miss Gretchen's is different than mine. And then, like, um, you know, Hannah's may be different Miss Gretchen's. And so I think that's okay as long as we are uh, we are being obedient to what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do and the Spirit of God's leading us to withhold, to not withhold, to spend, to give, whatever it is. But I do think whenever we're – I don't want to re-preach my message, but I, I, I think the biggest way to get out of greed and materialism and – the pursuit of mammon and the pursuit of new toys and bigger houses and keeping up with the Joneses is, is to give. I think that's the biggest way. Like you start to give away things and you start, and that starts to detach that, that spirit that's on it because now that spirit don't have a hold over you no more. Cause I'm not, I'm not going to cut relationship with my money. I'm going to just give it. And then before long, what happens is that spiritual attachment over it and that greed and that love starts to dissipate. And I think that's why the Lord speaks so much on giving um, is because you can't, the more you give away something, the, the less you have an attachment to it because they don't have a hold over you anymore. So it's like you're, 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 you're almost looking the spirit in the eye and say, hey, watch this. You don't have no hold over me. And, um, and I'm not like, we're not taking up an offering. So I'm not trying to get you to give to us. That's not a, that's not a, what is a shameless plug or a shameless ask for money. It's just saying, um, Whenever I feel like really money starting to grip on me, just go buy somebody's dinner in the middle of Walmart. I mean Walmart, not Walmart. Go buy somebody's <laughs> dinner in the middle of a restaurant or something like that. Just you got to start letting start that go. with me. Yep, Jason said chicken livers. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But yeah, I sure did have a lot of comments yesterday. Somebody can go buy me some coffee at the storehouse because you know they support good things. And um, that's what I was going to ask: Will coffee with Jesus be used in Starbucks coffee? <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Miss Gale says Jason doesn't have as much gray hair because he doesn't have as many kids. He's close. He's not too far behind. Yeah. If you count, how many kids you got now? 
Well, between me and Kelly both, we have seven, well, eight. That's what I was going to say. You're, if, yeah. you, if you really count. Yeah, count Nehemiah, but you know, we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't really give birth to Nehemiah <laughs> or anything. <laughs> But he's caused the most gray hair for us. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I was trying to say how. See how I say this nicely. No. <laughs> Did didn't his dad uh, kind of give him over to? Yeah. To you? Yeah. He he's uh, written us some very encouraging words. So about about that. Yeah. Was it like encouraging? And I don't you know. Actually, or? I don't even know how long Nehemiah has been living with me. That's probably bad of me not to know that. But. Is is the dad's letters like? Oh, thank you so much for taking them off my hands. <laughs> you are so good, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah we do. Funny. You have what? What did he say? And for a while, I, I claimed have a Dylan. Way with I claimed words. Dylan for a while. That was nine. So, but but he's he's been gone for uh, to Texas for what two or three years now. Yeah, we so. miss old Dylan. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and give him a call today. I think. Yeah, he he called me in. Two or three weeks ago, he yeah. called me and talked to me for a little while. Keeps telling me he's going to come up here and visit us. But yeah, <laughs> he's busy. He's doing ministry work there. So that's yeah. <clears throat> well, all righty. I guess we are in John chapter eight. Unless I, I do have a question that well, I'll ask it after the break. What's that? Well, I'll ask it later. But uh, okay. remind me, I have a question regarding this uh, giving thing. Okay. All right. Are you going to give me money? No, I'm not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I do have a question. Though. Okay. We'll do that. I'll remind you after the break. Uh, all right. Well, we are in John chapter 8, verse 42 is where we're going to start again. Uh, so they're talking to these men and these women. These, um, And, you know, they're talking a whole lot about being Abraham's seed. We're talking about they don't know the Father. That's what Jesus is telling them. And Jesus says in 42, Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? So Jesus is actually saying, hey, if God was your father like you said he is, if you're saying you're serving him, then you would love me. You know why you would love me? Because I came from God. Neither I come of myself. He said, I'm not doing this on my own accord. I'm not doing this for my own self. I'm doing it because I came from God and he sent me to earth. And it, this would have, this would have kept, I mean, he's really driving them nuts at this point. Like he is, there's no other way. He is, he is, de, he is declaring his Godship. He's declaring his divinity. He's saying, I did not come here on my own accord. I came here because my father sent me. And if you really love my father, you'll love me. And why? Because my father sent me. Uh, this would have been, this is this is the kind of language that, I mean, he really started to stir up these devils in him. He was stirring up these spiritual things, and this is really the language that got him killed. Like this was it. Like this was the reason for his crucifixion, was this kind of language, this kind of proclamation. It wasn't that he healed people. It was not that he forgave people it was not that he restored people or drove out demons it was literally because he was declaring himself to be god because blasphemy was the reason for his trial for his persecution for his death for his whatever it is it was literally blasphemy and it was statements like this if if you if the father if god is really your father then you would love me you would know me but he says this, he said, why do you not under my, understand my speech? He said, why can't you hear me? 
He said, you can't even hear my word. Something has prevented me, prevented you from doing it. And he answered this question, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in them. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's word. You therefore hear not, hear them not, because you are not of God. Hmm. He's not pulling punches. Like he is, he's, he is coming right at him. Yeah. It makes me think of how many times you've heard somebody say, uh, what about, what about, uh, not doing that, did you not understand? <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, you know, you heard a parent, you know, or even a teacher say, you know, you know, what did you not understand when I was speaking this? You know, you heard my my words, my voice. You know, what did you not understand? He has a a, a parent spirit there. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I mean, he he is talking about how. They can't hear. That's been one thing that we've heard a lot, like they can't hear. And I think it's so significant because even when we, um, last week we was teaching on the prodigal son on the Wednesday night, we was talking about how the father made a way for the son, like the father was sitting there waiting. He was waiting because it didn't take the father running to him. It actually, as soon as the father seen the son come over the hillside, basically, he's running because he's waiting. He's pursuing him. He's coming after him. Whenever the woman lost the coin, she she found the coin. Whenever the shepherd lost a sheep, the shepherd went after it. Why? Because the father pursues us. When we're lost, the father's spirit will draw us. And I think it's Jesus reminding us here over and over that a person who is in their sinful nature, a person who is lost, doesn't see until the father grants them the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And so when we go evangelizing, when we go preaching the gospel, when we go out there and tell the world of Jesus Christ, it's not, Lord, help me say the right thing necessarily. It's, Lord, let them hear the right thing. Mm -hmm. Open their ears. How many times did he say, he that have an ear, let him hear? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we need to be praying for people to have an ear. We need to be praying for people to see. We need to pray for that new heart, new spirit, new eyes, new ears. And we need to, let, we need to ask the Lord to unveil their eyes, take the blinders off, let the deafness stop. Like we need the we need the the problem with the world right now is they can't hear. They're only hearing the garbage. They're hearing the lies. They're hearing the deception, and it's not always selective hearing. I think we forget that there is a spiritual um, veil over the eyes and almost earplugs in the ear until the Father takes them out. And what we need to pray is that the Father would take them out. And that they would be able to hear, so they can receive. Well, I think it's more like the, the noises of the <clears throat> of the world. You mm -hmm. know, is drowning out. You know, mm -hmm. sure. But because there's a lot of lot of noise. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yep. And um, they just can't hear. Mm -hmm. Like, and Jesus over and over brings this up in the Gospel of John. Like he says, "Why can't you understand my speech? Why don't you hear my words?" Like, and he said, "Oh, I know. Your father's the devil." That's what he just said. Like, oh, it's because you're of the devil, and the devil don't know truth. The devil's never had truth. He knows lies, and he's the father of all lies. 
And he says, the father of all lies is deceiving you, and you can't hear the truth because you're serving the master of the devil, and he's about lies and not truth. That's why you can't connect to truth. I love how Jesus answers his own questions, always. Like, he asked the question, but then in 47 he says, he that is of God heareth God's words, ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Mm -hmm. And that is why they had, like, spiritual blinders and spiritual, like, earplugs that were blocking them, because... They, they really couldn't hear. No, they couldn't. There was no way for them to yep. until their father was the Lord and not not the enemy. Yeah, and actually Jesus was um, terrific at this, and this is actually a communication um, principle that we teach when we're, we're like working or counseling with people and trying to get them to get to an understanding of something. You don't tell them what to believe. You get them. You get them to realize what they have to believe, and and a lot of times the best thing you can ever do is ask the right question, not say the right statement. And um, my grandpa did that to me all the time. He was a psychiatrist, and I'm pretty sure he practiced on me all the time. Um, he he was he was keeping his sword sharp on me, and so he would ask me these questions. And we had this little room on the side of his house. It was a screened-in porch, and we would go there and we would work on life together and the scripture and spiritual things and just natural things and he always taught me the the big r which is responsibility and so he would say Aaron I think that falls under the big r and I'm like you're probably right and so but he would always ask me a question and it drove me nuts at first then I realized the art of it because if he would have just told me what to believe it would have been we called him g it would have been g's answer but whenever he walked me into the right answer, it became my answer. And I think there's a big difference if it's if if I tell Hannah what to believe, that's Aaron's answer. If I lead Hannah into answering the right question, it becomes Hannah's answer and she takes ownership over it and it has more of an effect. And Jesus does that over and over. And he's trying to get them to understand. Now he they're struggling and he's telling them and then he kind of answers his own question there because they can't, and then they're like, Ugh, drives them nuts. Um, but then they start to answer their own question after so long. And I, I would say these Pharisees and these Sadducees and these people, even though Jesus is answering them, he's answering them after they pretty much already know what he's talking about. Like, he's just confirming what they're probably thinking in their head, and I think they probably come to this conclusion later on. And I th- there, there's really no part of me that believes that by the time they actually crucified him, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I don't know. Y'all dis- y'all disagree with me or agree? I don't think there's really in their gut at that point thinking this is a very godly thing. I don't think they're thinking that. Like, I think at first they thought it was maybe a godly thing, but by the time they actually crucified him and the Pharisees and the fat Sadducees and the priests and the stuff, the ones who were actually leading the charge, I don't think in their heart they thought it was godly anymore. I think they were just trying to get him out of the way and willing to do anything because they were they were proactively lying on him basically, and I don't know how you can call that godliness and lie yeah. at the same time. Well, Paul had the same spirit, mm-hmm. you know. Whenever he was persecuting Christians, mm-hmm. you know, he was, you know, just trying to get rid of them. Yeah, in the name of religion, yeah. and, and we see that down through history, people do things like that, you know, and whole causes have been in the name of of Christianity or in the name of uh, Allah or whatever, you know, people get so bound up by their own religion mm-hmm. that 
they can will do all sorts of things in the name of their religion yeah. and they sort of gloss over it b- because they're doing it for whatever their cause may be mm-hmm. well i mean where is it that paul even says you know i did it out of ignorance yeah um I, I'm, I'm looking it up but if you just look <laughs> at the next verse it. verse 48 it, he says all that and their response is well you're just a samaritan you have a devil Mm-hmm. That's their that's their response, you know. So they they will not even hear it. Um, you know, he goes through all that you know the whole paragraph there of explaining to them, and their their response is, "Well, you're just a Samaritan." In other words, we we will not listen to you. Uh, my Bible commentary says, uh, "Calling him a Samaritan is someone that they should not even have fellowship with." So. Yeah. And, and they throw a demon on top of that. <clears throat> and you have a demon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I think that we may say, like, we may have the outer appearance that we're doing it for a godly fashion. But inwardly, they have to know their hearts are evil. Like, you, you mean, do you think they're so deceived they think they're righteous about it? Or do you think? Yeah, I think so. You think they, they're really convinced they're being righteous in all things with it? I think they do not. They're so caught up in what they're doing, their cause, they do not even stop to think about the morality of it, the you know whether it's right or wrong or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They're so convinced going into it that they will do all sorts of craziness. Yeah. Yeah, because that's why Jesus came to to turn the tables to to show them that it is a heart thing. But I feel like at that point in the world, like the religious people just their hearts were so hardened Mm -hmm. like their hearts were not i I, honestly i mean in the old testament you see more people who it appears that their hearts are more softened towards the lord even though they were still under the same like the old covenant um but it just seems like in that time that jesus comes the condition of their hearts were just (coughs) awful Mm -hmm. they had definitely grown very cold which I would say a lot of that, too, is because you had, um, there was a time of no speaking. There was a time of no prophets, really. There was the time of no um, godly interference. And I would say during that time period that your heart had to grow cold, and it was it was grown astray, and the condition of Israel was not in a healthy place. They were in oppression. They were under the rule of the Roman Empire, and they had become people who were way more concerned with religiosity and the law and marketplace um, temples and all these things than they were with actually the Father. And Jesus come right at that time where their hearts had been hardened. All right, well, we have to take a break here. We'll come back here with Jason's question on giving after this break on, oh, I need the first trivia question. Y'all got to catch me here. It's a Monday. Mondays are rough for me. Um, Let's see here. Ethan... Ethan was over at my house beating me at golf again last night. <laughs> shot 26 under on my golf game, and he shot. He still beat me by seven shots. Shot 33 under. Ridiculous. <laughs> he cheats. He cheats. I don't know how, but I'm going to figure it out. I tried right. to get him not to come. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I took him away from Hannah last night. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, let's see here. Monday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. Who used a stone for a pillow? Again, Monday question number one, who used a stone for a pillow? 
8-9. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio. And we're back here with Mornings with Box 2 Radio. I'm not allowed to say out in Radio Land anymore because Jason said that place does not exist. And so, well, you know what? You can say it. Brother Josh Milburn says it sometimes. Yeah, well, at least we are not a heretic who says things are not ungodly. That is godly. Uh, I have to say, I like the Radio Land thing, all right, but it it will not flow out of my mouth. Like, I can't say it. It just won't come out, so I can't say it. You're too good for it. I don't know. It just won't. (laughs) I I can't say it without feeling awkward saying it. I'm the same way. I get it. I don't feels, understand what you're saying, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's a little old-fashioned. It is a yeah. little old-fashioned. <laughs> well, my well, I'll just put it this way: uh, uh, Josh Milburn preached here several. It's been two or three years ago. And a lot farther than that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I gave him a report card <laughs> as his former teacher, and I deducted points for <laughs> using the term Radio Land. <laughs> But I well, gave I gave him bonus points for taking his jacket off in the middle of the his suit coat off in the middle of the service. Well, you know I'm never more critiqued than I am on Friday Monday mornings, so I'm taking Monday mornings off now. You are going to be the host I still on Monday have mornings. His report card on, on my phone if you want to see it. <laughs> no, I do like Radio Land though because it's a oh, consistent no. thing. You know, you can expect you to say it every time, mm-hmm. so it's like when you don't say it, it would be kind of like. Something's different. <laughs> well, all right. Do we have an answer for the trivia question, Mariah? Uh, hold on. Josh Milburn just texted in. Jason actually told me that people over 55 was the only ones that could use the term radio that's land. True, yeah. At <laughs> least that's what my report card said after I preached in Bethel a couple years ago. Yeah. That's right. Well, I have as much gray hair as somebody over 55. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, one listener said, starting my week with the Monday morning box to crew has always been a blessing. Today you brought understanding that something that has burdened my heart. I've been asking myself, how can people continue to accept or even support the evil, the unbelievable situations going on today? There is a spiritual realm, and they really cannot hear or see. Therefore, my prayer will be focused on the Lord, take blinders off their eyes and open their ears. Thank you all to the Monday crew. So, yes, thank you so much for those kind words of encouragement. And um, that I think that should be our leading prayer is that they the Lord would open their eyes and unlock their ears and they would hear and see Jesus and all of his beauty. And so I don't think we have a answer yet for the trivia question, but we are continuing forth here and we'll read a question one more time here. Uh, let's see here. I just said here about three times. Um, <laughs> who used a stone for a pillow? Here. All right, no, I'm just kidding. Who used a stone for a pillow? 270-257-2689. Well, I'm about to go back to bed as much as I picked on on Monday morning. I don't have any other day crew that picks on me as much as the Monday crew. Then y'all get Hannah stirs up and sh- stirred up. She even picks at me on Monday. She don't pick on me the rest of the week. I don't do it if it's just us, but for some reason, if there's other people, it just the energy just rubs off on me. <laughs> Uh, Miss Gail says, you do your thing, Brother Aaron. I love how you speak. It's real. <laughs> you know, this is one of the common, this is one of the common, like, things said about my speaking is it's just real and raw. I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> they say bless his heart whenever they say it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really starting to get insecure about this. <laughs> At first I was okay. Now I'm starting to get really insecure. So, 
I'm gonna have a speaking class. Like I'm, I'm getting ready to take some kind of. Um, if if somebody will help me speak better, I'll take it at this point because I'm starting to get the hint. So many people is telling me that my speaking is not that great. So I'm really starting to take the hint. I, I'm, I think at this point I'm taking it to heart. <laughs> and so, um, all right, Mariah said that. Let's see. Miss Mary Vincent got the answer correct. And that would have been Jacob, Genesis 28, 11 through 22, was the one who used a stone for a pillow. So where are we at on the trivia? Is this the... Uh... This would be... Um, this is the second week, right? Yeah. Uh, so this coming Friday. Yeah. Then. Okay. Okay, Jason. You, I'm trying to figure out how to make sure I say this right. Because I don't want to... I'm, I'm now everybody's got me really self-conscious about this talking thing. And so I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking through every word that I am saying. Uh, you have a question that you would like to ask the, the radio audience or me or us. Just in general. I guess okay. anybody, anybody can answer that matter. Uh, and I wasn't here for the service, so I don't know what you, um, what you could you hear a pin about. drop. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know the, the context of it. We were, um, we were in Cincinnati. Zach ran a half marathon, so we were babysitting while he was running. <laughs> so in the rain, he ran the whole thing in the rain. It's a nasty, nasty day. <laughs> so anyway, but um, uh, so you, this is this is something that's kind of puzzled me for a while now. But you know, you're talking about giving, and the early New Testament church, they almost had a communal type atmosphere where they all lived together kind of and they shared a lot of things and stuff like that and the church grew unbelievably astronomically it, were those two things related and I'm not suggesting that we should all share things and live in some kind of commune it's not some kind of hippie thing but was that atmosphere of generosity because I don't think it was anything like the communes that we see and hear about, like during the hippie movements and all that, you know, it, it, I'm sure it wasn't anything like that at all. Mm -hmm. But was that that attitude of generosity and selflessness? Did that contribute to the growth of the church? Uh, yes. Um. <laughs> well, I'm. Walking on eggshells here, okay, because they people already think we're a cult and all these other things anyway. So over here, so I'm trying to make sure I don't say anything to escalate this perception of us to the community, um, because we've already had things. It's already circulating in the community that you have to sign over your house and your land to Bethel before you can be a part of the church. Which um, jokes on them, I have no house or land, so <laughs> I got in for free. Uh, <laughs> And so, but so I don't want to escalate that anymore. But I think I think this is one thing I want to say on this. Okay. Um, I think if you get to the Greek, I don't think they were selling everything they had. I don't think so either. No. All right. I don't think I think that was a little bit of a misinterpretation of what the scripture said. Um, I think that's what they got. That one couple. Yeah, they killed. got in trouble. It it wasn't that they were expected to give everything. Right. They just lied about what they were giving. Yeah. Ananias and Sapphira. Yes. Right? Those two. <laughs> uh, and it, it really, like, there was no expectation from the apostles to for them to give everything they sowed. Because they, they were just honest about what they were giving. That right. would have been it. Like, yeah. 
it wasn't that they weren't giving everything, is that they lied about not giving everything, and that Satan had filled their heart. And if you go, I'm reading from the ESV, and verse, well, I'm going to read from the ESV from 42 through 46, Miss Gretchen, if you'll read it from the King James after I read from the ESV, Where? in Acts Where? chapter 2. Okay. And it says in verse 42 of ch- Acts chapter 2 in the ESV, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayers. So this is the new church that's being built, New Testament church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were fellowshipping. They were breaking bread, and they were praying together. And then all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. That's basically saying that they were of one mind, one accord, that they were on the same level playing field, that they all were pursuing the same agenda. And they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. I believe what that's saying here is that they were distributing the money they were selling. They were selling stuff they didn't need. They were selling, they could have been selling houses. They could have been, Ananias and Sapphira did. They sold their possessions. They lied about what they were giving, but it wasn't that they just sold it and they just gave it away. They were selling it and then they were using the money to help those in need. Right. I think we've really misinterpreted what was going on. We thought, I think we've been taught that Jason sold his house and then he just brought all the money to the church and then the church is responsible to take care of him. I don't think that's what was happening. I think there was still a responsibility over yourself to to steward over yourself yeah. and your own finances and your own house because if that wasn't the case, then Timothy you know, was alive, you know, was talking about a man that doesn't provide for his household is worse than the infidel. So they had an order too about things, you know, like if it, if it was a widow, uh, if, if she if it was a, if she's a widow indeed, is it? Yeah. You know, but if not, you know, that she was supposed to, if she was younger, she was, she should marry on. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, or if she had family that could take care of her, then the church didn't have to, you know, I mean, they had, it, there was an order there, um, and they didn't have Social Security back then, so <laughs> yeah, you know. So then the church know, was taking care of yeah, widows and orphans. The, the church was doing probably what they should be doing today, sure. so, you know, instead of you know the government taking yeah. care of everybody. So yes, and but I don't think that there was just a blind giving to it because it says distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So I think their heart had shifted from selfishness to benevolence, and that they were. They were taking care of themselves, but I believe that the they were also taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it. I've heard people talking, you know, around here or in other churches, and thinking that we're going to have to kind of go back to that, you sure. know, of taking care of one another because, you know, just the shape of the of the world today, you know, and what yeah. what things are get, how things are getting into, you know, like, you know, learning to grow your own food because, you know. You know, there's a shortage here and a shortage there, and and you know, and, and it's just being responsible, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you know, taking care of our our families and our and the needs we have. Sure. Yeah. I don't think this was socialism, though. No, I don't no. either. And but some people has argued this because socialism will tell you that everybody's on the same playing field, regardless of what you put into it. Yeah. There's there's never a time in and the that's church why it never works because yes, there are people who will never put into it. And if if Hannah, if I go, well, okay, so if I go and do nothing and Hannah cleans a disgusting bathroom for two hours, 
I do nothing, but yet we're paid the same at the end of the day. It's frustrating. And Hannah's probably not going to clean that yeah. bathroom again because I did nothing besides take a nap. She cleaned, and yet we got the same thing out of it. Right. Never, or if you're the one dirty in the bathroom and she's the only one cleaning it and you never help out. Yep, but we still know. pay the same. Yeah. Um, that's socialism. Yeah. Um, that's never what the church taught. And so I don't. I think you have to be cautious trying to make socialism out of this verse because yeah. all things in common are not saying that we're all equal. It's saying that everybody's taken care of and that we have one agenda, one pursuit, that we're one heart on this. But I think this scripture has been really taken out of context and definitely abused in in certain situations, in certain circles of, of cultish activity. Right. And they'll twist it to make it say stuff it's not. But I, I don't think it's a blind giving to where they just give everything away. I think it's as they have need or as the need arises, the important word. But I don't think there's a lot. Of, I think I think one of the biggest things, too, though, is I think their attachment to whatever they had you see start to dissipate. And that is what we started talking about yesterday is they were willing to give it away because they realize you can't take it with you. Like, and I said this, I promise I'm not preaching my message yesterday because you can, because I didn't hear it. But (laughs) like we will go and strive to buy the next biggest thing or the the best car because we want to impress people. Like, and we want to, um, have that persona like, oh, I have a vet, or I have a Lamborghini, or I have, you know, kids talk about this kind of stuff. We're going to have this one day. Yeah. And you go and you spend all that money in a car one time. I mean, you, you spend all that money on the car. The first time I drive up in front of you, you'll be impressed. The second, third time, you're less impressed. And then the right. eighth, ninth, tenth time, you don't even care. You don't care that I'm driving a vet. Yeah. Because you already seen it. The all factor's off. And I paid all that money to get that one all moment from you. Because I think it's going to do something and impress people or give me some kind of power or something to that degree. And it just doesn't. What it does is it gets us in a predicament where we can't give. We can't be benevolent. We can't go because now we're tied into the system and we've got ourselves head over debt to try to keep up the toys we keep buying. And then we wonder why our life is stressed out. We wonder why we're not happy. We wonder why we can't sell money. We wonder why we can't give. We wonder why we can't pay grocery bill. It's because we're buying toys left and right or buying the next big phone or next this or next that. And it's yeah. the whole system of Babylon that's got us tied in there. And it's got a reciprocal well, cycle. Ultimately, what has, what's happening is you're pursuing your own greed. Or maybe even if it's it's not even so much greed as you're pursuing what your, your own gratification mm-hmm. and instead of sowing into others. And uh, you'll always be searching for that gratification. That one toy will give you gratification for a short period of time, but then you'll need something else and something else and something else. Yeah. Whereas if you have a a heart toward giving, um, whether it be time or energy or finances or, you know, just gifting or whatever, um, you're, you're, you, that gratification comes because you're blessing others. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just as the scriptures say, it's more yeah. blessed to give than to receive. Well, the most precious resource that we possess is time. And when we get ourselves into the indebted situation, how many times have we seen somebody buy like a boat and never go use it because they're always trying to work the money off to pay for the boat? Like they actually never get to use the boat. Yeah, they have to work overtime all the time. So to pay for the payment of the boat. <laughs> yeah. And, and what it is is the most precious resource that we have is time, but when we get ourselves tied into the system of Babylon and the system the world says is normal 
then what we do is we lose the most precious resource, which is time. And we can never get time back. You'll make more money tomorrow. Whether it's a lot, whether it's a little, we can make more money tomorrow. The one thing you can't make tomorrow is time. But we're willing to sacrifice our time, which is the only irreplaceable resource, so that we could have bigger toys, we could have bigger houses, we could have bigger cars, but we cannot get time back. And that's the thing the system steals from us. It's kind of like uh, I had a friend that... uh, in high school, when uh, and they lived over, they they sold their house, their farm, and they bought a house on the lake here, uh, just temporarily, you know, and uh, something that was available. And she noticed that <clears throat> uh, through the week it was just quiet and peaceful there, you know. And uh, but then on the weekends, everybody would come down that you know had bought these lake lot houses, you know, yeah. to for vacation and you know spend the you know the summer, you know, just enjoying the the lake and all that the activities there, but they came down and mowed grass. You know, all weekend, all you heard was lawnmowers going because mm. they were taking care of this property that really they were supposed to come down to just relax and enjoy, you know, family time, <laughs> but it was yep. it was taking care of it. You know, it just like, it, it, it defeated the purpose totally, you know, so anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we do, you know, with anything like that. When we do things for our pleasure, it seems like it, there's a cost there. That, and usually it's our time and our resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Does, does that answer your question? Yeah, it the, helps. Yeah. Hannah, you got anything on it? You're quiet over there. Mm-mm, just listening. Um, she well, fell asleep. I'm still getting uh, <laughs> no, I'm still getting texts about uh, my speaking. So, I'm, I'm really getting self-conscious <laughs> about this. Uh, y'all pray for me. I'm like, I'm starting to think about this way too much at this point. Um how do you make, uh, let's see here, Joey Sosh says, how do you make an apple turnover? You push it downhill. Uh, there you go. <laughs> bad joke of the day. All right. Um, let's see. I didn't know there were this many dad jokes. <laughs> oh, we point. got dad jokes all the time. They're, it's almost infinite. Oh, let's see here. All right. Next Bible question or question period for the day. Do you think the days of evangelists like D.L. Moody and Billy Graham are over? Well, I mean, I think God can raise up anybody like that to do such a thing as they did. But my my opinion is what the Lord, well, my feeling is what the Lord's doing now is he's not raising up one person. He's raising up the body. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have um, a thousand evangelists running around preaching the gospel than just one guy. And so, and there's nothing wrong about it. Like, I appreciate what Billy Graham done. I, I appreciate what D.L. Moody did and other great evangelists in the past. But I think what he's really doing is raising up a body. And yeah. he's trying to get us all to realize we're going to do, do the work of evangelist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's changing his strategies a bit. Yeah. Doing a new a thing. Yeah. Switching it up. I kind of agree. <clears throat> Um, I think it's that he, that hearing thing again, you know. Back then, I guess people had took the time and focused, you know, when pe- when when men like that spoke, mm-hmm. you know. Now our our hearing has kind of got to where we have to be, you know, maybe a, on a one on one basis, so to speak, you know, yeah. ministering to people's specific needs at that time, and I think maybe they're more ready to. To listen. Yeah, well, I mean, like, 
you go back to Dwight L. Moody, that was uh, after the Civil War. So, you know, people would would flock to hear speakers more, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because there was no television or anything like that, you know. So those large gatherings were much more possible. Um, and then kind of the same thing with the the years of uh, Billy Graham. You know, we, we had television and all that, uh, but it wasn't like we have today where it's, at, you know, you can watch whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to my history class the other day about how, you know, if there was a television show you wanted to watch back in the day, you had to be tuned into your television at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You couldn't pick and choose, and they were blown away, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you what? You, know, you mean you had to be home at a certain time to they, watch a certain show? No they DVR. Used to, they used to tell the, on my dad when they first, my dad first got their TV, and, and he had to go out to do his chores, and he they wanted but the something was on, I guess, that he, he yeah. wanted to watch. I don't know what it would have been back then because, I mean, he was just, you know, a Maybe teenager. Smoke. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and he wanted them to turn it off so that when he come back in, he could watch it. But yeah. that didn't work that, that yeah. way then. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but Billy Graham began to use the the methods that he had available, and he would have the crusades, and he would air them on television. You know, and you know, you, you would hear commercials for the Billy Graham Crusade is going to be on such and such night on, on such and such network. You know, so he began to use that, and then now that we have the digital presence that we do, I mean, um, the days of the the mass evangelists, I think, are probably not over, but they're not as effective as they once were. There's different ways to do things. I will say there, I can't remember the guy's name, but my freshman year at Campbellsville <clears throat> University, there was a crusade, uh, a guy that did a similar thing that Billy Graham does, except, you know, he's obviously not as well known as Billy Graham or yeah. I would know his name. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, he was, he had, tra he traveled everywhere. Um, and I, I might get the name eventually, but um, it was the same type of deal. Like we all went to the football field. Um, and was like sat in the stadium, uh, sat in the bleachers. And then he had like a stage on the yeah. field and he, one thing I, I didn't like him as much about it is I feel like he focused more on, he focused less on the goodness of God and more on like hell, like hell was the focus. Um, but I do think it was, I mean, I, he preached truth though. And I do believe it was, you know, it was good, but it was that type of thing of like, he was inviting like all students to come and like get saved. Yeah. And, um, there was like a huge massive group of students that we went down to the stage and mm -hmm. things like that. But I haven't seen anything really much like that since, um, it, that yeah. was just my freshman year. You ever hear a Billy Graham message? Mm -hmm. They're very simple, aren't they? They were yeah. always very, very simple, very straightforward, but very simple, and yet so many people responded. And that's uh, that's a good lesson to learn, just the simplicity of the gospel, and uh, presenting that need mm -hmm. of salvation. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like he was like begging people. No. Like I feel like some of these other people that maybe try to do that, they like, almost resort to gimmicks, like. Yeah. So in some cases, yeah. Yeah, and like almost pulling people, mm -hmm. <laughs> almost. But I feel like when you just present it 
like Jesus did, people will come if it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, let's see your second trivia question of the morning before we take this break. Sponsored by Farm Bureau Insurance in Litchfield, Kentucky. Who said, my soul doeth magnify the Lord? Who said, my soul doeth magnify the Lord? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. We are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. This is the day that the Lord has made. Don't forget Coffee with Jesus, the 25th of May, 6.30 p.m. at Cross Point, May 20th. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Coffee with Jesus Jesus is May 20th. 20th. (laughs) um, Used to be Victory Heights. Now is New Life, correct? Free Liberty. Free Liberty. I'm, I'm so... It's on the hill by Taco Bell, right past Taco Bell. I'm doing about eight different things together. In Litchfield. Um, and then Cross Point is May 25th, Man Up Ministries. And then, of course, there is the Where's Cross Conference. Point? Is it... Uh, it's in the Southgate in Mall the South right there. Behind Hardy's. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't miss it. Remember how we used to... <laughs> I remember how Brother Ron used to that. Everything, him and James, they would talk about it. They gave directions. It was always had something to do with where you ate. <laughs> Above That's Taco funny. Bell, behind Hardee's. That's, That's good. funny. Yeah. Uh, what would they say for Bethel? <laughs> By Dollar General. Yeah. Between the Dollar Between General. Dollar General and King's Table. Yep. Uh, well, you just, it's hard to miss Bethel out here because we're just. There's not much else out here. <laughs> That's changing, though. It is changing. I like to think we have something to do with that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and so, you you said something in your message yesterday about uh, oh building a house, yeah, uh, and uh, you know you said that uh, one week you drove by and there was nothing there, and the next week you know there was a house. Well, I was thinking that's the way they do dollar stores. <laughs> <laughs> kind of out of nowhere. Here's a dollar yeah. general. Um, let's see. We got. An I was answer. in uh, downtown Cincinnati yesterday and walking in the rain. Uh, to try to catch up with Zach and uh, turn the As corner. As he passed by. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, I was walking like six blocks and he was running four miles. <laughs> I was trying to get to the spot where he was going to pass by. And anyway, and I turned the corner and there was a Dollar General right there, uh, downtown Cincinnati, about three blocks from the football stadium. <laughs> They're making their way yeah. yep. around. <laughs> so there, there we go. Uh, Just like home. <laughs> Pastor Billy Lastly got the answer correct. That's Mary. Luke one forty six said, My soul doeth magnify the Lord. All right, Jason, you said you have a guest for it at eight thirty. Yeah. Give yeah. us a little sneak preview. Um J T Rager from uh, Crew. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we uh we worked with Isaac Bauer. Boyer, sorry, I always call him Bauer. Um <laughs> Uh, and he interned with Crew for a year, and uh, he's off. Uh, his his year's up, and he's an engineer now in Winchester. But uh, anyway, so JT uh, is kind of uh, not really taking his place, but he's doing the same thing. He has finished his work at UK. He's been involved in Crew, and uh, he's going to take a year off and uh, devote that to ministry uh, with Crew there at the University of Kentucky campus. And I believe they're working in Transylvania. Uh, as well so anyway he's going to come talk to us 
or he's going to call talk to us. Well, good. Eight thirty. Eight thirty. So stay tuned for that. Assuming we got the uh, uh, the time change down. <laughs> you know, he was a little thrown off when I talked to him about the uh, fast time and slow time. <laughs> Look, we so uh, didn't call in at seven thirty, so that's good. I think we're on, I think we're on the right track now. Um, for us, when we do our state worker visits and stuff yeah. like that, they're always coming from Louisville. And so it is a oh it's bad. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how many meeting meetings have been messed up because of <laughs> time change. And then I couldn't tell you how many times I've been driving down the road, and then I'll be somewhere early or late because literally five minutes down the road for us the time could change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I was at somebody's house one time, and depending on which part of the house you were in, yeah, your clock on your phone would change. <laughs> so like if you was in the kitchen, it would be Eastern time. If you was in the living room. It would be st- Central Standard Time. You ought to hear my uh, my son and my daughter-in-law talking about that when they're trying to leave here to catch a plane in Louisville and, <laughs> and happen to be there, you know, an hour early, and you know, and, and uh <laughs> well, people who've never had to deal with that, <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah, they it just blows their mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but if you like, you live in uh, Big Clifty or somewhere like that, you know, and work in Elizabethtown. Or if you live in an Irvington area, places like that, you know, yep. you're my constantly dad, yeah. dealing with that. My dad, of course, just lived right up the road, and uh, he, uh, but he worked in Elizabethtown there for a while. So when they were doing the times, you know, the the switching from daylight saving to to standard time, you know, he just he never did it. He just <laughs> left his clock, so <laughs> never never did it. But he figured it. He knew how to do it, but figured it out that so he wasn't late for work. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But he refused to change his clocks. <laughs> yeah, it, it's worse being on Central Time because you lose, like you you have to have it done early, like for college assignments and things like that. You have to have it done earlier mm-hmm. versus being up there. So that was not fun. But I always loved coming from Eastern Time to Central Time because yeah. <laughs> it helped me sometimes out. Sometimes you get home before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, over here, I'm having myself a pity party about my speaking ability and how many people still on this. People on well, your case. About all right. Well, one, one's got my back. All right. People want to be coddled now and told they're okay. They don't want to be told they have to change or do what they want to. Billy Graham spoke in a way that related to everyone, educated yeah. or not. Brother Aaron, this is how you speak. Don't change. So thank you, Miss Gale. Putting you on the same level as Billy Graham. Don't thank change. you, Miss Gale. I knew Miss 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 Gale would have my back. I would save that text, and every time you feel bad, just bring it. Just read it, (laughs) frame it, hang it in your house. I may have to. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't. I didn't want to leave that question hanging because uh, I'm excited about what God's doing in the earth, and to say that the the days of that that single evangelist they may be waning, but God is doing a new thing, and and you know, there's there's evangelism work going on, on all over the the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and he may raise up a particular individual like that. I don't know, but um, I don't think it's it's necessary. Uh, you know, in the 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 way the world is today, and the, the way it's so close knit today, you know, it's uh, it's it's not necessary. So mm-hmm. I, I like what God's doing now. Yeah. And I do think one thing he's doing now is activating the whole body to where it's not just um, it's not just the guy behind the pulpit that's supposed to be doing all the work. Because I think that's one of the biggest things that had to change in the body of Christ is 
it's not just the pastor. It's not just the evangelist. Because our job as pastors, evangelists, teachers, pastors, um, prophets, whatever it looks like, is to equip the body for the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Because we're all supposed to be ministering. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things he's doing in the earth today is trying to get okay. everybody engaged. Yeah, when you focus on the word, you see that there is a, a a place, a position, a job, a work, you know, for for everybody. You know, there's there's a place that you can you can find in in Christ in that uh, and and be busy about kingdom work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey man. All right. Well, I guess we can go on to our next question. Is that all right, Jason? Yeah, I approve of that. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see here. How did Noah know which animals were clean and unclean? Jason, that's a great qu- That sounds like one of your questions. The yeah. way you answered that dinosaur question that one time <laughs> pertaining to Genesis. I don't know the answer to that qu- this question. This is before the law, mm-hmm. right? This was before the law. Um, well, I think there's always been a concept for them yeah. that it was based upon what they're eating and how they're eating and the animals and what they do. Now, the do you, father specifies a lot more in the law. Yeah. But there was some kind of, there had to be some kind of understanding of clean and unclean already because there was certain things that the Lord would reset, accept on a sacrificial level that he wouldn't accept in other areas. Before the law. So there was some kind of already sacrificial system that they were doing because, I mean, we see it before. Right. Um, I don't know how that was instituted. And then also Moses wrote the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. So he may have you know, inserted the word clean and unclean, and they may not have been exactly the same animals, too. That's possible. Very true. Uh, I mean, it's a good question because I really, I don't know if I've got a great answer. I would, because I really don't know if it develops any before about what's considered clean and unclean. But I, I do, there had to be something there though, because they were sacrificing animals already, and so there had to be some kind of insinuation. And there was, I don't think they were eating animals prior to the flood, so I don't think that would have been your reasoning for clean and unclean. You don't think most? Or I'm sorry, I don't uh, think anybody ate Noah, animals. Yeah, I don't think anybody ate animals until after the flood. Because after the flood, when they got off the ark, is whenever they say, now all the animals, everything I've given on the earth is for your food, is for your meat. Up until then, we never had that proclamation. What would you have done? Huh? You don't have a lot of options. Well. If you'd been there. I don't. Um, That's why the Lord didn't put me there. And so, but. For such a time as this. (laughs) Now, people think this this is crazy. I've never thought about that. Um, I can show the scripture for all those. That, I believe you. Oh, I know. I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> let me just say, that I just want to do this, though, because um, Genesis chapter 9, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every feast, every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens and upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea into your hands, they are delivered. Up until that point, we never had that. Were the dread. Actually, there was a unity between them. Yeah. Um, every morning, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. Up until that point, we never had that proclamation, as far as I know. And um, like Dr. Grady McMurtry, who's on with us quite a bit, who's yeah. a, I mean, he's a world-known mm-hmm. creation scientist. Yeah. He actually teaches the same thing, so I felt really good that okay. 
probably one of the most renowned voices in creation is um, Bill Nye. No, <laughs> <laughs> is saying the same. And actually, I thought I was crazy until he said it too. I don't believe dinosaurs ate meat. I believe I don't even think so I think even T Rex was a herbivore. I think yeah. he ate only plants. And I don't think anything on the earth ate meat, animal or people, until after the flood. Okay. And I think the reason we eat is the dread and the we have become the the hunter. Like at this yeah. point, up until this point, we had we had Adam naming the animals. We had people. I mean, there was sacrificing the animals, but you never saw an indication, as far as we can find, of somebody eating, hunting, or anything to that regard, an animal. There probably wasn't much vegetation left, vegetation left after the flood, so they had to kind of start over. And you think? So probably that was, so. I don't know. That's a good question. And then also too that you know, as far as the clean and unclean, I don't think any anything was denied. You know, uh, you know they they had to have everything there except maybe the dinosaurs. I don't know that uh, they might they might have been denied access to the boat. <laughs> Dinosaur meat. <laughs> uh, I think dinosaurs were on the boat, on the ark. You think? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I think they were just little ones. So could been. Mm -hmm. I don't know if T Rex would have fit on the boat. I think they were there. Well, I mean, I don't know that babies, the the T Rex here. looks or like looked one. like we depict it today, and that animal may not have even existed. Who knows? When you look at the the way we've constructed some of these dinosaurs, it, there's a lot of imagination that's gone into some of these things. So yeah. I don't know. Your uh, Jurassic Park fans may be disappointed, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there were a lot of. Um, I don't think they looked like we depict them today. Yeah, and I agree with you too. I, I don't think there were uh, any carnivores. Yep. Well, on. I mean, I think at this point. <laughs> most of your creation scientists don't believe I mean they believe that like there's they weren't carnivores that dinosaurs ate only plants things like this now I think Jurassic World and things like this they're they're fun to watch I guess but I don't think they depict accurate, accurately what dinosaurs really were um, no. and so now Greg Carwile said he has a complete different view on this subject so I guess we'll have to find his view uh, out on right. Thursday <laughs> and uh, have a debate and so we'll see what he says. Okay. Um, all righty. Well, that was a good question, but I don't know if we answered it thoroughly because I really don't know if we have a good answer for it. I could research it some more. Yeah. I can look it up some more and, and see. I would say it probably has, uh, and I'm just speculating, the fact that Moses wrote Genesis you know, with an understanding at that time, clean and unclean. And so he was looking back. Well, there, and there was a lot, too, that Noah, you know, he was building this boat mm -hmm. that was going to float on water that had, you know, that didn't exist at that time, you know. Right. And, and he was just uh, hopefully just following the Lord's direction there, you know. And, you know, he, you know, the, the Lord was sending in the animals that, yep. you know, needed mm -hmm. to go. And uh, I guess he didn't doubt if there was more pairs of one Right. Than another. I mean, the whole idea of them coming to him mm -hmm. would be miraculous in and mm -hmm. of itself. And mm -hmm. so if uh, the Lord sends seven of one instead of two, he was like, well, okay, that must be a clean animal. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Lord has his reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had his reason for me building this boat. So. <laughs> That's true. Yep. 
Okay. Um, explain 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Explain 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. 1 Corinthians 6, yeah. 9 through 10. Can you read it? Sure. <clears throat> Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I'm going to read 11. Mm -hmm. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I think that kind of answers it there. Uh, that does answer it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and he, yeah, he's, I don't know how else to answer that. I mean, Paul did it pretty good himself, but you were washed. You were sanctified. Yeah. You were justified. He's saying you were cleansed. The Holy Spirit's made you whole, and it's as if you've never done any of those mm -hmm. before. Yeah. yeah. If you're in that state right now, then you know you can't inherit the kingdom of God, but because you have, you know, been washed and sanctified and justified um, by Jesus Christ, now you are a part. <laughs> well, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> Next, <laughs> man, I like that answer. We should have more questions like that. Um, but and just true. think of I mean, everything that you could add to that. You know, but uh, he covered it pretty good, but. Uh, you know, and that, but, uh, but because you're justified, you washed it, you're clean. All right. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> okay, well, I guess we'll go to the next question here. Uh, I don't see anything else to answer. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, explain but, I mean, it is, it is a picture of the redemption of the Lord, you know, the way, the way he redeems and forgives. You know, no matter how bad. Yeah, there's some rough stuff there. Mm -hmm. But all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, let's see here. Explain Second Peter chapter three verse seventeen. Second Peter chapter three verse seventeen. Let me read it. Yep. If you're there. Ye therefore, beloved, see ye know these things before. Beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace <laughs> and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hold on, I lost my place. Where, be where glory you say both now and forever. Second Peter. <laughs> Second Peter. Yeah. Three, verse seventeen. Okay. I was in John. Plain John or first or second John? Second John. <laughs> All right, well, I think you actually have to go back to verse 16, as he does in all of his letters when he speaks in these things, them in these manners. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scripture. You there, though, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the air of lawless people and lose your own stability. So he's saying, don't let them twist things for you. These things are hard to understand. But you have to be solid. You have to be prepared. And you have to know that some people are going to twist and manipulate things to try to get you to lose your balance, to try to get you unstable, going to try to get you defeated. 
And so he's telling them beforehand, be prepared. Right. Be prepared. Don't be swayed. Don't don't give in. Don't be deceived. Was uh, that the ESV? Yes. What what was the last word that said your own stability? stability. Okay, I like that. That's yeah. Good. But it says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now forever. So he's telling us, don't be deceived, but grow in grace. Grow in the Lord. Grow in the knowledge. Um, make yourself... As, and it's not a matter of losing your salvation or anything. It's it's a matter of yeah. losing your, as it says, stability. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good. Very good. Very good. Anybody else before we take a break here? I like it. Hannah, Miss Gretchen, anybody? Let me read what uh, uh, John Wesley says here on the on the verse eighteen about growing in grace. He says there may be for a time grace without growth, as there may be natural life without growth. But such sickly life of soul or body will end in death, and every day draw nigher uh, to it. Health is the means of both natural and spiritual growth. And if we remain evil or fallen nature, be not daily mortified. It will, like an evil humor in the body, destroy the whole man. Mm-hmm. So grow in grace. Grow, grow. in grace. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. All righty. If I guess nobody else got anything, we'll take a break here. And we'll try to get connected to, again, one more time, Jason. J.T. Rager. J.T. Rager from Crew Discipleship. Um, I love Crew. I've always loved what we've heard about them and how they're doing things. And so I appreciate their ministry. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Welcome back in to Mornings of Box 2 Radio. It's a joy to be with you guys this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that anything is possible because we serve a God of the impossible. On the phone with us is J.T. Rager. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, We are blessed and very thankful that you have taken time out of your morning to come on with us here. Uh, Very appreciative of that. Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what God has you doing right now. Yeah, well, uh, I'm JT. I'm from uh, northern Kentucky, but I've been at the University of Kentucky, and I just graduated this Friday, actually. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and so my uh, plans for next year are actually to be uh, interning with CREW, a campus ministry that's been a huge part of my life while I was at uh, the University of Kentucky. Um, Yeah. So, so you, uh, by the way, this is Jason Miller. This is uh, Levi's yeah. dad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, so um, you said you're from northern Kentucky originally? Yeah. All right. So uh, I, we, we were just up there yesterday. What part of Yeah, we're at. Uh, we were in Burlington and, of course, Cincinnati uh-huh. area, too. So. Yeah, I'm from uh, Campbell County, okay. Alexandria. All right. That's neat. Okay. Uh, and so uh, you, what brought you to UK? What degree were you pursuing at the time? Yeah, uh, I was studying computer science, um, and it's funny, actually, uh, the University of Kentucky was actually my last pick, um, but uh, God actually did wonderful things through it, um, and I couldn't have planned it better myself. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's neat. Um, So you are uh, heading into uh, into Crew. Uh, You've been active in Mm -hmm. in that ministry for quite some time, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, so um, all three of my years at UK, I was uh, part of the campus ministry crew there. Um, and yeah, it's been great. 
Yeah, did you do some mission work with them as well, or was that during COVID? Yeah, yeah, I've had a well. So, uh, two of the trips that I went on were during COVID, um, which made them a little complicated. Right. But uh, yeah, I had the excellent opportunity to go abroad uh, twice with them. Okay, well, that's neat. Uh, are you able to tell where you were at, or is, is that kind of? Uh, I know when, um, when I can tell you one of the places. Okay. <laughs> So um, one, I went to Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. Um, It was actually a really cool uh, opportunity. We were there for the World's Fair, uh, where kind of the nations all converged in one place. So a lot of places that we aren't able to get into um, were right at our doorstep. Um, And then the other place, I can tell you, it was in North Africa. (laughs) Yeah, I know when uh, uh, my son Zach, he went on a trip, and they didn't really want him to tell exactly Mm -hmm. where he was at because they didn't want to compromise the work. It was a... uh, a Muslim stronghold, and they were a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, concerned about persecution and things like that. So, sure. but that, that's neat. Um, and then, um, if, for those who, who haven't um, uh, been listening, maybe in the past, we've interviewed some guys from Crew. Uh, tell us a little bit about what Crew does. Yeah, so Crew is um, actually one of the world's largest missions organizations, um, and particularly they focus on uh, students on college campuses. Um, and so the, the aim is to, like, uh, uh, win students for Christ, build them up, and then send them out uh, to be missionaries wherever they're at, uh, whether it's the workplace or on the mission field. Um, and really that, uh, that college student uh, mission is really strategic, I think, um, and it worked really well with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you, if you don't mind, maybe share a little bit about what where your faith was at when you came into UK, yeah. maybe and gotten first got involved in crew. Yeah, so um, I came in um, actually like really. So I was um, going to church every Sunday, but hadn't really uh, made my faith my own at all. Right. Um, I would I would say that I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, but then started, um, by chance, just stumbled upon uh, campus ministry, started going around, and people from there were inviting me to things. A uh, staff member drove me to church every Sunday. It was yeah. great. Um, and so they were just really caring for me um, and, and showing that well. Um, and then slowly I began to realize, wow, I've been living a sham. Um, <laughs> yeah. Saying that I, like, believe in the Lord when really I don't even know Him. Um, and so then... Uh, relationship with him started uh, pretty early my freshman year, um, and it's been a whirlwind since. <laughs> yeah. And were you part of the discipleship groups and things like that as well? Yeah, I was. Um, I was discipled with your son, Levi, actually. Okay. Well, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's mentioned you several times. Uh, I didn't realize yeah. you were in the same discipleship group, though. Yep. Yeah, that's neat. I just spoke to him this morning. He is in England right now. Whoa, yeah. what? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he's on a little trip uh, now that school's out. So yeah. he, he checked out a campus uh, on Friday and uh, was in England by Friday night. <laughs> so <laughs> that's neat. All right, anyway, sorry. <laughs> that's kind of off topic. Sorry about that. So um, so what's next for you then? You, you mentioned the intern for crew. Tell us about mm-hmm. that. And, um, you know, like I said, we've had some guys on before, Isaac uh, Boyer mm-hmm. before. Uh, he's shared with us some of the things that he was doing, but uh, again, maybe some people haven't been listening or didn't hear that, uh, new <laughs> listeners and things like that. So tell us again what, what you're doing and what uh, the internship is like. Yeah, so I'll be doing exactly what um, Isaac was doing. Um, so this uh, intern program is a one-year program with crew, 
um, to kind of like really just uh, start to dip your toes into what a lifetime of ministry looks like. Um, and so it's a year-long program um, where I'll be posted at the University of Kentucky, uh, sharing the gospel with students weekly, um, regularly, and discipling students. Um, specifically, I'll be um, uh, in charge of our freshman Bible study. A lot of uh, our freshman leaders, it'll be their first time uh, ever leading a Bible study, and so kind of getting to coach them, be there for them um, in that, and then also encouraging them in like getting to disciple other students. Because right. uh, that's what we're really excited about is starting movements of of students really taking ownership of their faith um, and like making disciples of uh, all people. Right. So you'll be in charge. And this seems interesting. You'll be in charge of all the uh, leaders, like the one who drove you to church every Sunday when you were a freshman. Um. So. Uh, the person who drove me to church was actually a staff member, okay. um, are basically my boss now. Yeah. You'll be kind but, of facilitating things like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, trying to basically like showing students like, hey, this is how you uh, uh, befriend someone um, and actually like be there to love on them well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And actually one of my biggest tips is drive them to church. <laughs> <laughs> That's neat. <laughs> That's so yeah, I uh, yeah, I, went, I remember when I went to see uh, Zach uh, in, uh, in in Lexington. Um, I think he had just graduated, but uh, there was one of the leaders from Crew was actually doing that very same thing. He had brought a friend to church with him mm-hmm. that Sunday, and even though the uh, the semester was over, he was still you know engaging in that and still doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think that's a big thing. And what has struck me about crew is how that particular ministry is able to um, uh, challenge young people to recognize is their faith their own faith or is it something that they've just brought into you know that that uh, that campus life maybe you know on the coattails of their parents or yeah. you know something like that and, and a lot of young people have never really thought about what they why they believe what they believe. Yeah, and college is really the first place that that uh, kind of happens. A lot of students that come in, uh, most of the time they just drop their faith. Um, yeah. And so, like, the hope is that we can be there to um, show them that, like, hey, uh, faith is actually something that is uh, super important and reasonable. Uh, and just because you're at college doesn't mean you got to drop it. <laughs> right, yeah. In fact, the opposite. Exactly, yeah. Probably there more than ever, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... So you'll be uh, doing that for the for the next year, mm-hmm. and um, you know you'll need funding, right? Yep. So uh, tell us about that. What, what can we do, or what yeah. can our listeners do to help out with that? Yeah. So um, crew, like some other ministries, um, is uh, not centrally funded, which basically just means like we don't collect funds all in one place. Um, what we do is we have our uh, staff members. Uh, connect with uh, believers in their communities um, to raise funds to support the ministry um, and their salaries. Um, And so what I've been doing, actually, and what I will be doing this whole summer is reaching out to friends, family, um, and churches around me to uh, basically ask them to partner with me uh, in this year-long ministry effort. Uh, And, yeah, and so that looks like um, both prayer and through uh, financial funding. Uh, 
That's great. Uh, so, like, you graduated Friday. Mm-hmm. And you, you have a degree in computer science. Mm-hmm. But for the next year, your your work is crew, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you're, so you're you're not paid a salary per se, but you you'll be you know garnering that support and, and prayer and and financial support and all that through just mm-hmm. just faithful friends and and folks yep. like that. Right. So our listeners could uh, could they could give a one time gift or, or monthly support if they wanted to, right? Yeah, um, I've got both needs. Um, <laughs> okay. So I've got a monthly goal and a one time goal. Okay. All right, and um, how could they do that? Yeah, so the best way um, is through my uh, online giving link. Um, It's at give.crew.org. Crew is spelled C-R-U. And then there will be a search box, and you basically just type in my name, John Thomas Rager, (laughs) R-E-A-G-O-R, and you should find me and be able to give uh, there pretty easily. Um, You can set up both monthly and one time there. Right. Okay. Yeah, and I've I've done it uh, in in the past, and uh, it is very easy to do. Uh, and we'll we'll go over those again whenever we get the, to yeah. the close of the broadcast. There, that way people can uh, maybe if they didn't have a pen and pa- paper their hand, they can do it again. Um, so, but um, so you're the next next year you're going to be just uh, engaging in ministry, and uh, um, do you have any uh, particular things you're kind of looking forward to in that or? or or, um, yeah. Do, do you know yet what your exact tasks are? Or? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I'm most excited about is um, so that discipleship group with uh, your son Levi um, has like changed my life, um, and and so basically I'm excited to uh, be there for other students um, to be able to uh, like be a means by which uh, Christ can impact. Uh, the campus to to change the world, really. Um, and so I've got uh, a few guys that I'm uh, that I've got in a discipleship group. So I'm excited to continue with them, um, and then pick up some more, uh, so I can uh, be there for them and like uh, strive with them toward Christ. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, how large is a discipleship group? Uh, it's usually like uh, two to three people um, and a leader. It's a fairly small. Yep. Um, do you all yeah, have... the hope is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the hope is um, that it's like super personal that we can actually get um, invested in each other's lives. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's neat. Um, I was going to ask if you all had like different um, roles or positions that other students could volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a part of a ministry at Campbellsville University called Delight mm-hmm. Ministries. I don't know. If, I, oh, think, yeah. I think that there's a Delight at, at UK as well. There is. Yeah. Um, but we kind of had like different ways um, that leaders could like plug in and serve. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. I was just wondering if, if that was structured similar similarly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a bunch of different roles. Um, the one that I'll be most closely connected with is our, so we have a freshman Bible study that meets on Monday nights. Um, and uh, I'm for both of the years that I was an upperclassman at UK, I was a freshman Bible study leader. Um, there are about seven of those a year. Uh, and so those are the people that I'll be working closely with. Um, and so there's opportunities to lead 
freshman Bible studies. We have some upperclassmen Bible studies that are also student-led. Um, we have some, like, a community service team, um, outreach team, prayer team, all these things are student-led. That's awesome. Did you, the yeah. last thing you said, did you say it was a prayer team? Yep. Um, yeah, that's led by um, my buddy Dominic, who was uh, the third guy in our discipleship group with me and Levi. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Um, we here at Bethel, but really, I just feel like everywhere right now, um, we're just starting to really see and zone in on the power of prayer right now. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm super glad to hear that you all have that. Yeah. So what's it look like whenever you go up to somebody and you're like, hey, I want to disciple you. Like, how does this conversation <laughs> start? Like, you seem like a discipler that's in the making. So I need to disciple you. Like, how does that conversation start? And, um, because I think some people are interested in discipleship and being discipled and also discipling, but they don't even know how to get it started. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one of our staff members, Dave is huge on the concept of, uh, like transparency and transferability. Um, so that it's, it's basically like um, we have this content book called Seed Discipleship, um, and the hope is that it's not like a crutch, but rather um, like a useful tool so that we can um, like have some regulation on like what it looks like to disciple someone. Um, so it's got these like four walks and four talks, so like how you walk in faith and how to talk about your faith, um, and that's kind of the material that we uh, go through. Um you mentioned, like, how does that relationship kind of start? The hope is that it starts with friendship. Um, the first few, like, weeks and then a couple of months of the school year, we'll be connecting with students, getting coffee with them, um, and then kind of, like, evaluating, like, where's this guy at? Um, like, are they, like, a faithful, um, like, follower of Christ? And do they want to start taking steps to, like, get to know him and bring others into relationship with him? And then from there, it's... Um, starting to really uh, dig deep in a relationship and pour into them. Um, yeah, and that uh, seed discipleship tool has been super helpful for me. Um, it really provides a... So as someone who um, had never discipled anybody before, it was super useful to just kind of, uh, like, give a format um, yeah. and a general idea. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. Wow. I like how you said, uh, or how, you know, you all stand for, um, like, having friendship first, because I feel mm-hmm. like that kind of takes out the awkwardness or <laughs> yep. um, the, like, obligation to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of like the thought of, I want to go somebody in random in the public say, <laughs> I'm going to disciple you. Today at my house, be there, 7 o'clock, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> I don't, yeah. think it, I don't think it works. I, like I mean, that. that might work for some people, but yeah. One actually, it's funny that you say that. One of the guys that I am currently discipling, um, I had a friend walk up to me and say, "JT, tell this guy Craig what discipleship is." And I did, and he was like, "That sounds sick." And I said, "Do you want that?" And he goes, "Yes." And so now I'm currently <laughs> discipling him. Um, well, maybe it does work. It was, depends on the person. That was two years ago. <laughs> I feel like maybe a more timid, introverted person might just run away. <laughs> but that's cool. Um, do you all try to pair up with like? Um, do you do you have like different? I don't know. Do you try to pair people with uh, different 
personalities or people that are involved in different things so that you all will connect with those certain people? Yeah, uh, there's not a super huge, um, well-defined structure for how we, um, like, form discipleship groups. Mm -hmm. Um, It's usually we try to let it be organic. Um, uh, And so sometimes personalities can be completely different and actually not mesh at all, but it makes for a wonderful discipleship group. Um, Other times the personalities just click super well. Uh, Yeah, ultimately it's in the hands of the Lord whether they grow or not. So. Awesome. Well, that's neat. Um, well, as we kind of wind down, uh, let's remind everybody again how they can help you and uh, where they can go to, to do just that. Uh, again, whether it be just a, a one-time gift or if they want to become a uh, partner with you on, on a, a monthly gift. And, and I'm sure you would say this, but uh, every bit, every little bit helps, right? Mm-hmm. Whether small oh, yeah. or great, you'll take it all, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, help us out with that again. Let us know how people can yeah. get in touch with you. That was, uh, the website was give.crew.org. Crew is spelled C-R-U. Um, and then you should be able to type into the search box uh, John Thomas Rager, R-E-A-G-O-R. Okay. Um, and, yeah, uh, if you start giving, I'd love to connect with you. I should be able to get your contact information off of the website. Um, but, yeah. I would uh, love to reach out to you and develop a relationship so it's not just given to some random guy that spoke on the radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, like I said, I've, I've, I've been involved in this uh, in the past, and it is it is very nice to, to get that information uh, from you guys. I know it with Isaac and, uh, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name now. <laughs> so, but anyway. Um, um, Zach Miller. <laughs> well, yeah, I did help with Zach, but uh, no, I was um, I, I was saying that you know it's nice to be able to hear the kind of a status update, you know what you're doing, and I know you guys work w- with that, and and not you're not just uh, um, you know going to uh, say hey thanks for the for the gift and then never hear from <laughs> again. It's, you develop you do yeah. develop that relationship, and that is nice. So I, I really I really appreciate that. Um, but so, so as we kind of, kind of close up here, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to, uh, let our listeners know? Um, not, but I do want to thank you all so much for having me and, uh, thank the listeners for, um, taking the time to hear it. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, and I, I will say, you know, I, I've said this before, you know, every time we have somebody from crew on, uh, what an impact it has been in our family. Um, you know, both of my boys went through the discipleship program, and it was such a blessing to see their faith grow. Um, you know, it's something I prayed about as they were uh, heading off to college. Lord, Lord, set you know, find uh, put a put someone in their path. Excuse me, that will um, help them grow. And I had no idea about crew. You know, I had heard the old uh, campus crusade for Christ stuff mm-hmm. from days gone by, but I didn't even know if they still existed. Um, and then, and then they started telling me about crew and, and, and how it impacted their life. And, uh, it has been such a blessing to, to me personally. And, uh, I think, you know, if we can reach out and, and help others, it, it would be so important. And, uh, I appreciate what you're doing and t- taking that time off that whole year off. Um, uh, I can't imagine him now at 49 or almost 49. I can't imagine someone saying, you know what, I'm just going to take a year off, and I'll have time to make money later on. 
for right now <laughs> giving this year to the Lord. <laughs> that makes me nervous for you. <laughs> so I appreciate your faith. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll, as uh, after we get off, after you get off the air here, we'll we'll go through those uh, that, that contact information one more time. But uh, thank you again, uh, JT, for for calling in, and uh, we'll continue to pray. We'll check in with you from time to time if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just see how things are going in this year of uh, transition for you. Awesome. All right. So thanks, thanks so again. much. Yeah. Thanks again for calling. Yeah. Have a good one, man. All right, you too. All right. Bye. Again, that's uh, John Thomas Rager um, and uh, give.crew.org if you want to help out with that. Um, it, it is a truly a, a great cause, and uh, they are doing great things with discipleship. Uh, they work in small groups, and uh, but it, from what I've seen, the people they reach out to and the people they begin to disciple, it has a tremendous impact. And, uh, and we're kind of following uh, our verse we read, Second Peter three eighteen. But yeah. grow in grace. There you go. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, got a couple minutes here left. What a day this has been. Very um, thankful for everybody that's given us your ear for the last little bit on Monday mornings. On a rainy Monday morning, even at that, like I think it's going to clear off. Well, I hope so. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Me too. You're only 49, Jason. I thought I you were be 49. I don't thought I'm you were at least 60 or <laughs> 55 or something. Uh, are you the oldest or the youngest? You're the youngest, right? I'm in the middle. You're in the middle. You're the middle child. I am. Did you ever feel like the middle child, like that you were just forgotten? No, not really. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think so. <laughs> He made sure that he's not forgotten. <laughs> Jumping off roofs. He's sitting beside mom, so he has to be careful what he says. No, I didn't, that didn't really feel. Uh, I've met middle. I did feel like that my sister was. Uh, I don't know if I can say it on the air. You feel like she was babied? My sister would say I'm baby as the youngest. So. I don't even want to comment. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I feel bad for even bringing her up. Uh, <laughs> hey, after what she was saying about your Mary, did you know? Yeah. You sure you don't want to comment? Did she actually hear that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh gosh. Her, her and Mia. <laughs> oh, um, l- let me just tell you all this. We will work on it probably within the next two days. But on the podcast link on our app, um, there will be a special designated link <laughs> that will stay a, on there forever link. of the two and a half to three minutes. We're going to we're gonna mix it out of it. So anytime anybody wants to go there and just hear Jason sing, Mary, did you know? Um, yeah, it's going to be very day, accessible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my God. favorite was when Josh just took off playing that one Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen your face that red before, yeah. to be honest with you. He just walks off the stage. <laughs> I hear that song in my sleep. Oh, no. How long did you practice it? Just I didn't practice at all. I thought you and Kelly practiced the she day before. She told me to practice, and I was, you know, I told her, I said, it's not going to do any good. <laughs> There's no point. I may as well like, just. When you come in here that day, was you expecting to do it, or was you just, like, prepared in case yeah, we talked I was you into doing it? I was expecting I thought you all would hound me <laughs> relentlessly. You actually didn't. You kind of let it go more than I expected. I was, yeah, we were I trying thought. to be nice about it. We didn't it. think you'd do it. I figured that would be the very first thing I would have to do. 
No, we had to give people time to get join in. Yeah, yeah we don't want to rush that. We, we don't, don't want to get it out of the way before people are listening. <laughs> oh. All right, well, we're out of time. Thank you all for listening this morning. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.